Thanks for tuning in. We hope this message encourages and challenges you today. Now here's Pastor Marco De Barros. So the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the future of the church. You know, we've been nomads for about three and a half years, you know, using so many different schools and trying to figure out how to have church and how to have it for kids. Like our kids are in different places right now trying to have church. And, and so it's awesome that, that we've come to this point now that we're ready to, to, to get into this place that we've been calling our promised land. You know what I mean? We're, we're excited. It's awesome. It's an awesome thing. It's a God thing. And I love that, that, that when God does it, it's big. You know, this is not a small undertaking. This, is, this, this requires faith. There's some things we do that doesn't require faith. If it doesn't require faith, it doesn't, we don't need God. You know, we need to do some things that's like, God, you better show up. And this is one of those. Like, God better show up with this thing because we, we cannot do this on our own. Amen? Can you go ahead and put up that first slide? Look, I want to remind you, this is it right here. This is the place that we're believing for. And it's awesome. There's a lot that goes into this. And I'll be honest with you, I'm learning on the job here. And my head is spinning a little bit with every thing that goes into purchasing a building that's $1.4 million. Okay. Yeech. Okay. But that's when you know God is in it. Okay. It has to be a God thing. Listen, you know how many people have said, why would the church have one of the prime real estate in New Bedford? And my question is, why not? Why not the church? Right? Why is it that other things can do big things, but the church is supposed to do something small? The devil will love for God's people to keep doing small things with no significance. I believe it's a big, we serve a big God. Just this morning when you woke up, he put, he put breath into you. That's a big God. That's a big God. When you look up in the sky and he created the heavens and the earth, we serve a mighty God. He does mighty things. He does big things. We ought to celebrate a big God. So it's a big undertaking. You know, it, it's going to require all of us. This is not one of those. You cannot sit on the sidelines watching this game. You have to play in this game. And you have to bring your faith. Can you say amen? You know, so we want to take this place and, and transform it into a layout like this. Can you go to the next slide? This is what we're trying to work towards is to have a place that, that can really do everything that we needed to do. And that we can feel like, man, this is a place that honors God and people are going to be blessed by it, you know. The sanctuary is big enough. The, the projection is, is going to sit over 600 people in the sanctuary, which is as big as the Smithfield Campus Sanctuary that took, you know, almost 30 years to get to. And so God's doing this in three years. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for our children to be able to have their own classrooms and be able to paint it and set it up the way we want it to set up. And, and I'm excited that, that we, can, we can have a, a food pantry where we're going to be able to keep helping those who are in need as we go forward. You know, so it's a, it's a big undertaking. It requires faith. And I, I got to say, I've been blessed to hear so many stories from you guys of how you feel God's calling you to contribute to this thing. I've heard so many great stories of people who are stepping up to say, listen, I got to do my part here. I got to bring my faith to the table. And, uh, and it's awesome. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm going to give a thousand. I've heard so many people say they're going to give 5,000. And 
I've heard people say, I had a number in mind, but God has changed it. Well, now we're going to give 10,000. I've heard people say, I'm going to give 7,000. Uh, so many incredible stories of faith. And it, and, and it doesn't make any sense for us to do it in a place where three years ago they said, this is the least Bible-minded city in America. Look what God has done. Look what the Lord has done. You know, Aaron uh, has a small group of, of young men from high school, and they said, we're going to pull our money together. We're going to give. They're up to $8,500 as a young people, you know. And I think, I think God loves that. You know why? Because, because anybody can live a boring life. Anyone can live a safe life. But faith takes risks, and that's when you come alive. I don't know about you, but have you ever watched a movie where someone did absolutely nothing? You ever read a biography where someone did absolutely nothing in life and we celebrated it? No one celebrates mediocrity. We celebrate greatness. We celebrate when people take risks. We celebrate soldiers because they put their lives on the line for us. Like, these are the things we celebrate in life. And that's why I think God has a whole chapter on faith and what people did by faith. Because he loves when we live by faith. He says, I called you to live by faith. I've called you to do things that makes your heart beat a little fast. Because when your heart beat a little fast, it tells me I'm alive. Right? And there's nothing like being alive. There's nothing like having something to look forward to. Right? No one wants to go home and watch a movie where the guy did nothing for two hours. Unless you're watching Napoleon Dynamite, you know. The guy did nothing for two hours, and it was really funny. If you haven't watched the poem, I'm sorry. Um, just, you know, stuff that you do sometimes. But, but the goal of life is to accomplish things. The goal of life is to be able to say, when, when it's all said and done, you left a legacy. You, you live the life that people talk about. Right? I've said this many times. I don't want to be the priest that has to stand up in your funeral and lie. You ever been to funerals? You're like, this person was a great person because he did a lot of good things. And, and then you're like, well, what did he do, though? I knew him. <laughs> hey, you're like, he went to work, he watched the Patriots, and he died. Like, <laughs> I knew him. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? But we, we're trying to be all, like, holy and stuff because we're in a funeral, but you're like, your mind's like, yo, come on now. I knew Johnny. You didn't do Jack. But you got to live for something. you got to stand for something. And I believe this is the cause that God has called us to stand for. The church of Jesus Christ is the greatest cause on the face of the planet. This is it. The reason why is because it's the only cause that lasts forever. Everything else stays here but God's people. It's the only thing that will last for eternity is what you do for Jesus Christ. Everything else, the stuff that we hold so dear, will mean absolutely nothing one day. Okay, that's the truth. I, I'm your pastor. I got to tell you the truth. Some of the stuff that you're holding on for dear life, you cannot hold on to stuff that's going to go away. You can't. Man, I love what missionary Elliot said. He said he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. My God, that's so good. Like some people are fighting so hard to keep things that they cannot keep. That's why Jesus says, if you want to find your life, you got to lose it. You got to lose it for his glory, for his will. 
for his purpose. And then you come alive. And that's when you live. Truly live. Not exist, but truly live. I'm telling you, I've met some wealth. Really wealthy people on this earth. And, and I tell you something, man, it breaks your heart when you see people who have the means, but they're poor. I've been in homes that you want to have, dream homes, and then they talk to you and you see the emptiness in their hearts, the emptiness in their minds, the emptiness in their eyes. Jesus says your windows are the windows to your soul. Why? Because we're, we're fighting for things, trying to keep things that we cannot keep. When Jesus says, man, you're, you're blessed when you give. And the more blessed... You, the, more, the more you give, the more blessed you are. We're blessed to be doing this. We're blessed to be called soldiers. Every time I watch this video, man, I get stirred up. I get excited. Oh, my God, I want to be one of the privates in this army, and I want to do my part. I want to see your will being done. And I tell you something. At the end of the day, if we're wrong about Jesus, guess what? We live the pretty amazing life for being wrong about Jesus. If I'm wrong about Jesus, I didn't lose anything. All I did was live a pretty incredible life of blessing people, of helping people, of, of, of going on a limb and, and, and living life to the fullest. But we know we're not wrong. We know we're not wrong. Well, oh man, I know we're not wrong. And I know the best is still yet to come because with him, man, he still has so much more for us ahead. There's so many great stories. I'm telling you, I love it. I get excited when I hear these stories. You know, one happened last Sunday as I was leaving church. Literally, as we ended church, I was escorting Pastor Steve and Pastor Nancy out because they had to be somewhere. And so we wanted to leave quietly. And as we were leaving quietly, we met a couple in the parking lot. And he said, I want to give you this. And I'm like, what is this? It was a piece of paper and, and two car keys. And he said, well, this is, this is, I had a dream. God told me to give you this. Can I show you what he gave me? Look, look what he gave me. He gave me this Mercedes right here. Now, that's awesome. He said, God gave me a dream. I'm supposed to give you this. And he said, I came to church. And pastor said, if you have two cars, sell one. He said, I knew that was God telling me to sell one. Cars being inspected right now. We're going to sell it and give the money to the church. That's a $20,000 car right there. And I want to honor their family for their sacrifice. That's their sacrifice, and that's awesome. And I believe God smiles down on them. He's going to bless them for, for such a sacrifice. Drove it to the mechanic to get inspected. The spirit was willing, but the flesh, though. You ever tell God, I'll do anything, Lord? And then he gives you the thing to do, and then you're like, well, the way my fate's set up. No, no, no. It's being inspected and sold as is, and we're going to sell it in their name because I want it to be their sacrifice. I want it to be their blessing. And guess what? That's a story of faith that you can tell forever. Right? We all need faith stories. I don't care if you're new to the church or you've been around forever, especially if you've been around forever. Don't let your faith get stale. 
Don't let your faith become grimy and dusty and dirty. It doesn't bless anybody. You know, I don't want to be that guy that says, I remember when I used to be fight up for Jesus. It's like, wait, what happened? Why used to be? Because Jesus is still here right now. Jesus is still alive right now. If I have a fear in life, that's my fear. I don't want to stop. I don't want to settle for anything less than God's will for my life. My wife and I, this morning, we honored what we said we were going to do during first service. We wrote a check for $10,000 to be an example of what we want to do to the church. And it's awesome. Last night, we're writing the check, and we're excited. We're like, man, I can't wait for the day we can write $50,000. I can't wait for the day we can write $100,000. Because what price can you actually put in God's house? It's priceless. When Jesus sacrificed his life, that's the price God put on you. If someone was to put a price tag on you, we have to read Jesus. Because that's what he paid. He paid with his life. If he paid with his life, anything less than my best, then it's not worth it because, man, he went all out for me. I'm going to go all out for him. I want to live my life in the fullest of his will and his purpose. It's not a burden. It's a privilege. It's an honor to sow into things that you know are eternal. You can't lose. Some people spend their days fixed in front of a screen, looking at their shares going up and down and worshiping that thing. I don't want to live my life worshiping anything less than the God of the universe. I don't want to live, I want to live free of fear of money. I don't want to let money dictate what I can or cannot do. We were saving to buy a house, but guess what? God has already provided a house for us, and he will provide another house for us. We're not worried. We're not worried. He's faithful. He is faithful. Can you say amen? This is more than money. This is a faith statement. This is saying, this is the God that I believe in. This is a faith statement. Because a lot of times, we're saying all the wrong things. But we're saying we have faith. Faith is an active word. Anyone can say they have faith. But when it comes down to this day, this is the day for your faith to come alive. This is the day for your faith to actually have legs. This is the day for your faith to actually have some action to it. Because faith is an action word. This is a statement to say, God, this is how much we believe. This is a statement for the city, for this region to say, we're not going to settle for just a little tiny thing that, that says we're believing God. Can you know, you ever drive by a tiny little church and ask the question, what does that say about God? That question comes up to my mind every, every time I drive by the city and I see this little tiny church. Nothing wrong with small churches. What I'm saying is, are we settling for something less than God's will for our lives? How, what does that say about our faith? What does that say about the God that we sing about? Because I don't want to just sing about it. I want to live it. I want to live what we sing about. I don't know how you read the Bible, but when I read it, I say, God, if you did it then, you got to do it now. Like, I don't want to just read it for history. I want to read it for experience. I want to read it for experience because I believe it's the same God. Can you say amen? It requires faith. It requires all of us. Listen, sometimes I hear people say, I believe in God, but I don't go to church. I totally disagree because I met God in the church. 
God didn't save me in a vacuum. He saved me by using people around me to help me, to bless me, to strengthen me, to encourage me. So I don't just love God. I love the church. Okay? I love the church. And I know a lot of people have a lot to say about the church. But listen, I'm the guy that you will never find talk bad about the church because that's Jesus' wife and I'm part of it. And there's no way I'm ever going to be that guy to talk bad about the church. My life has been extremely blessed by the church. If I'm here right now, it's because people in the church invested in me. Like, I, I know for a fact that I'm saved because my grandmother and, and her two sisters prayed for me to be saved. Like, they labored in prayer for me to come to find God. Listen, my family wasn't saved. My parents weren't saved. Today's Father's Day. My father's the greatest miracle that I know. When I was 19 years old, God revolutionized his life. And he became the greatest man of God that I know through the church. It didn't happen in a vacuum. It happened in the church that today he can say he's a man of God because God touched him in the church, through the church. I was 20 years old when God grabbed a hold of me. And when I got into the church, I had no idea what it was to be a man of God. It was the people in the church that has helped to shape me and mold me. It was a woman in the church that said, you should, you should teach and you should preach the gospel. I never thought in my wildest dream that I'd be doing this. It was people in the church that kept, they kept seeing my faults, but they kept covering me. They kept loving me. They kept blessing me. I get emotional because the church means the world to me. This is, this is a lifestyle of helping people because we've been helped. None of us got here on our own. The church has been there all along. The church, I mean the people, all along. I remember the church that I grew up in bought a furniture store, going through what we're going through right now. And it was so exciting to be there every night. We would get out of work and go there and just go help transform this furniture store into a sanctuary. I'll never forget the day that we opened up the building and how exciting that was to be in a, in, in a city, again, just like this one. It was, I grew up in Pawtucket, and nobody thought the church could do this stuff. And we, we just developed a beautiful sanctuary, and, and, and it was all done by the people, factory workers. Because when you have faith, man, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. When you have faith. And that place was open every day. I was there every day. And this is what we're dreaming for, that every day this thing will be open so people can go and be blessed and, and find what they're looking for. I, I am so thrilled. Sometimes I drive and on my own, and when I'm praying, it's like, God, I'm so glad you opened my eyes to this reality because a lot of people don't have this. I am so thankful, God, that I don't just... I don't just get to pray to you, but I get to be part of a people who live for you, who live selfless. They're not perfect, but, man, I'm so thankful. Yesterday, I'm looking around. You know how 
grateful I am to be part of a church where everybody, I look, and everybody's doing something. Everybody's trying to be a blessing. Everybody's trying to show the love of Jesus. That's a beautiful thing, man. You don't see that a lot. You don't see that. That's an awesome thing. I'm so thrilled to be part of it because it's, it's because of the church. And so if I'm going to invest in anything in life, it's going to be the church. Anything in life, this is it for me. I'm going to invest in this thing for the rest of my life. And because it's priceless. You can't put a price tag to what Jesus, Jesus does. You know, we're trying to imagine this place and trying to envision some of the stuff that we want to do. And I want to just show you some pictures because I don't even know if this is going to do it. But this is what we keep believing and praying that this place is going to look like. You know, we want to be able to have a crazy spacious lobby that we can just hang out and just get to know people, meet people. And have all these kids' rooms where kids feel like, man, we have our own place. And we can be able to worship God and have a sanctuary that sits 600 people, you know. You know, um, once in a while... I'll take a trip to be inspired. The last one was October. I went to California to visit Pastor Rick Warren's church, one of the biggest churches in America. You know, they started like us in schools. For 10 years, they met in schools. They grew so much that they were having five services in five different schools at the same time. Uh, Crazy. When they bought their building, they were averaging 10,000 people in schools, right? So they bought this place, and I wanted to go see it for myself because, because here's the thing that, that I find is a challenge. I think a lot of times we condition God to where we live. A lot of times we limit God by our neighborhood in a way or by the people that we hang out with. I'm afraid sometimes that God is as big as the people we talk to. And that's, that's not a good thing. I'm afraid sometimes we think God is as big as our neighborhood. And sometimes God has to take us out of our environment to show us, no, I'm a big God. I can do amazing above and beyond. You can never ask for a thing. I went to this place. This place was huge. I mean, they have a shuttle in the parking lot. I felt like I was at Disneyland. Because by now, they've they, they, they grown out to over 25,000 people. Okay? 25,000 people. And you begin to get a tour of this place, man. I'm telling you, my, my faith was growing. My vision was growing to see, God, look what you do when people believe. I mean, this place was incredible. They, had, they didn't have kids' rooms. They had a kids' building. They had, the kids had their own building with, with 100 classrooms, three floors of classrooms for every age. Okay? And, and, and you say, wow, well, they had also a, their own boys and girls club in the church for the youth of the church. Like their own boys and girls. When I say boys and girls club, I mean a boys and girls club. They had a, the place was crazy. They had a skate park there. They had a volleyball court with sand Okay, you walk in, they had a game room, they had a study room, they, they, they had a side just for junior high kids and a side just for senior high kids with their own sanctuary. And I'm like, well, how many kids do you guys see every Sunday? He's like, oh, anything between five to 6,000 young people in the church every week. Three sanctuaries, 
They had the main sanctuary. They had a gospel sanctuary if you like gospel music. And they had a Spanish sanctuary if you speak Spanish because they're in a Spanish populated uh, part of the world. I'm like, man, God, this is, this is what's possible. This is what's possible. You know, and, and some of the things you dream about and you like, you, you, don't, you don't understand. But then God says, let me go open your eyes to it. Let me go show you what's possible. Because even, even in the same place, they had a community center. And I'm like, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been dreaming about, a community center where you can help people right on site. They have a community center that doesn't have your average food pantry. They have a store for people to go and shop for free with aisles and freezers. Five walk-in freezers with meat and chicken, everything for free for people to just go and be blessed if they need it. I was blown away. Right next to the food pantry, there was a medical clinic where doctors from the church would come and volunteer their times for people who don't have insurance to be able to take care of themselves. That's the church. That's the church. I was blown away. A woman was giving me a tour of the place. She said, let me show you some other things we're doing. We, we have after-school pro- program, and everything is done by the church. People come and volunteer their time for kids to learn. Because some of them, their parents are, are Spanish and they struggle with understanding how to educate them. So we, we come and help them. They're like, some of them are struggling with their immigration. Well, we have lawyers from the church that come and volunteer their time to file their paperwork and to help them. That's the church. That's a beautiful thing. And I'm like, God, that's it. I believe this with all my heart. That's what God wants to do here. That's what God wants to do in this place. So I'm telling you, to me, this building is only a stepping stone. This is not the final destination. I believe this is, this is a stop to the final destination because what God wants to do is way bigger than just this building right here. God wants to do something beyond we can imagine or think. But it takes all of us. It takes all of us. You know, a lot of times people say, they go to Smithfield, they're like, oh, this church has a lot of wealthy people. It's not true. Just everyday people willing to sacrifice. But you know what? When, when, when you sacrifice for God, he blesses you. I believe that the sacrifice today is to break the back of poverty. I believe it breaks the mindset that, that we are going to be stuck here forever. I believe it breaks the mindset and it breaks the membrane of the spirit in the atmosphere to say, you know, God's about to break things open and pour out a blessing over the city like we've never seen before. We're not afraid of the word prosperity in this church because the enemy has jacked up that word and, he, and, he, and he's stolen that word and now he must, have, he must have make it sound like it's a weird thing and funny thing. But the Bible makes it clear. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. If God said it, I believe it. I'm going to stand on his word. I'm going to stand on his truth. This is his will. This is his will. You know, if you want to do church as usual, then you've got you to make up your mind if this is the movement you want to be part of. Because we're not going to settle for people who don't have faith. We're not going to settle and, and feel funny and talk, not talk about things we need to talk about because some people are bonded by fear. You know? No, we're here to break these things off of us. We're here to break the chains off of us. We're here to be set free to live the life that God has called us to live. Can you say amen? amen. So I'm going to leave you with 
what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. When David was setting the example to build a temple, he said, this is what I'm going to do. He challenged the people to give, and then he prayed this prayer. It's a powerful prayer that I want to read to you today as we end. You guys can come up. But if you can look at First Chronicles 29, as they brought their offering, as we're about to do, David prayed this prayer, and I, and I think it's so powerful. He said, then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly or the church. O Lord, the God of our ancestors Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. O Lord, this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you. And we give only what you first gave us. We are here only for a moment, visitors and strangers in the land, as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. Oh, Lord our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. I didn't have this up there, but I feel like I need to read the rest of this because it's so powerful. Look, he said, I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives and have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. That's an awesome prayer. People can question your motives, but God knows the heart. David knew this because David became king that way. When, when Samuel came to anoint him, God told Samuel, don't look at his appearance, look at his heart. Look at his heart. See, when you do something like this and, and you cause a little bit of a ruckus by saying, let's sell out to the Lord, let's, let's bring $320,000, some people are going to question the motive and say, it's about money, it's about this, about that. But at the end of the day, the only judge is God Almighty, and he looks at the heart. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life with that in mind. You may question me, but at the end of the day, I'm going to answer to somebody. And it's going to be the Almighty God one day. I'm going to stand before Him. And I'm going to give an account for how I live my life. He's going to say, what did you do with the life I gave you? I pray that at the end of my life, He can say, well done. You did exactly what I asked you to do. And I pray to say the same thing about you. You did exactly what I asked you to do. So it's our turn to sacrifice. It's our turn to sell out. It's our turn to go big. So I'm going to invite you to stand and get a hold of your offering today. If you don't have an envelope, if you weren't here last week, the ushers have envelope. Just raise your hand. They'll come to you. It, ushers, look around. There's some, 
a lot of hands over here. I want to give you a moment to get a hold of the offering. Maybe as I was speaking, the Lord changed the number. Man, be obedient. Let the Lord have his way with you. Nehemiah said, we're doing this for our families, for our city, for this region. It's a mighty God we serve. And today is an historical day in our church. I believe that after today, you won't be the same again. Your family won't be the same again. This city won't be the same again. When you sow, there's a reaping season coming. There's a reaping season coming. The Bible says do not be, listen, the Bible says God is not mocked. You reap what you sow. If you sow, you will reap in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Come on, are we ready? He said, we're going to do this willingly and joyously. Willingly and joyously. Lord, our hearts are with you, with your house. So church, make your way up. Let's celebrate the Lord. Would you stretch your hands to the Lord? We're going to pray over what's come in today. We're going to pray for God to anoint it, to seal it, and to use it for his glory and purpose. And to bless every person who has sown today. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be in your house. We thank you for the benefits of your house. Salvation, healing, restoration, power, affirmation, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the step that we're taking today by faith, Lord. And Father, we want to surrender these offerings to you, Jesus. I want to pray your anointing on these offerings, Lord. I want to pray, do your fuzzy math with this offering, Lord. Father, we pray it's above and beyond we can ever ask or think or imagine, God. Father, we pray that this is a seed for your house in this city, in this region, Lord. Father God, that the power of your Holy Spirit is on this offering, Lord, and it's on every person, Lord. I pray that every person is going to have a reaping season of a hundredfold, Lord God. I pray you do a mighty thing in every household, every family represented here, Lord. I pray there will be no lack in their house, Lord. I pray the spirit of poverty is rebuked in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray your spirit of prosperity to come on your people, Lord. I pray your, your spirit of generosity on your people, Lord. Breakthroughs for your people, Lord. Miracles for your people, Lord. Father, we pray, Lord, that we're going to celebrate what you've done today, Lord God. Have your way with these offerings, have your way with this building and everything that goes into a building like this. We surrender it all to you, Lord. And we say, Lord, by faith, we see you do it and we believe you do it again. Mighty move of God in this region, in this area, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that our lives will never be the same again. This church will never be the same again. This region will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, if you have faith in this place, give God a praise all over this place we hope you enjoyed this week's message for more information on new life and all of our campuses log on to www.atnewlife.org